Welcome to the Millennials and Money podcast, the podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to continue to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and wealth advisor, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. This week, I have a very special guest. I have a longtime friend and brother of mine, Juan Chavez. Say hello, Juan. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, so Juan, I'm going to allow you in a second a chance to introduce yourself and a little bit about who you are and what you do. But first, let me open by sharing how you and I know each other. So Juan, you and I have been going to the same church for about over, I think over 15 years. That's been a long time. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I remember seeing you there when I was still probably a teenager and I'm 32, 33 years old now. So <laughs> I've, I've known you for a long time. I'm also in a Bible study with you, with me weekly. You've been a great inspiration in my life and a great uh, mentor to me. So I appreciate that. That's how you and I know each other, Juan. Uh, you have an awesome story I've heard uh, I've heard before. Uh, introduce yourself to the audience, who you are, what you do for a living. Say a little bit about your past and talk something. You got to mention Sac State in there at some point. <laughs> will do. Will do. Yes. So uh, my name is Juan Chavez, uh, born and raised in Sacramento, South Sacramento, and uh Graduated from Sac State was the first in my family, you know, uh, to go to college and to graduate. And uh, I'm a civil engineer, a licensed civil engineer here in the state. And um, I've been in management for about the last five years, uh, overseeing uh, other professionals and uh, mostly working for uh, cities and counties, jurisdictions. Uh, did a number of years as a consultant, uh, doing some business development, learning uh more about you know the business side of things and then um, started managing multiple contracts and working with different clients and then now I manage a group of uh, the engineering group for the city of Stockton's utility department I have uh, major major projects going on and I've been really humbled through my career um, and just the opportunities you know I'm married for uh, going on 16 years next month I have three kids and one on the way um, and uh yeah, just excited about what God's been doing, you know, bringing a relationship with you. And um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Obviously, we can get more into it, but that's a little bit about who I am. Yeah, you know, I, I love the engineering mindset. You know, you guys are natural problem solvers and you guys are always looking ways to looking for ways to improve things. So I love that. So um, I know you, you're from South Sacramento. I live in Sacramento. I know South Sacramento. It's a tough neighborhood, man, and it, uh, especially the particularly, particularly the part where you're from is a very tough part of the part of the neighborhood. Um, I know that this 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 podcast it's about money. So I know many times people's overall mindset on money is sculpted from a very young age, and kind of what they see at home kind of directs the way they go in their life and they feel about money as they travel into adulthood. Of course, these views can always be changed, but I think that's where those cornerstones kind of get put in place. So um, let's talk about that. What was money like in your household growing up? So growing up, you know, like you said, South Sac, I was not far from Oak Park, for those that know Sacramento, kind of a impoverished area. And, um, you know, I didn't know it as a young kid too much because that's just all we knew. Everyone was kind of poor together, uh, always, <laughs> bar always what we call borrowing cups of sugar, cups of milk, eggs, you know, um, but as I, you know, got exposed more a little older, different schools, I quickly realized that 
kind of where the status of my home and family were. Again, I, I kind of already knew it already by the fact that we had to borrow so often and, and, and things were lacking often and stretching things out. And so I remember, um, you know, there was no allowance. Uh, actually, there was as a young kid. We would get quarters and nickels and dimes. And so that didn't take you very far. So I remember having a desire to want to work at an early age. Uh, I think it was around 11 or 12. I started um, just asking some of my neighbors, which uh, a number of them were elderly, you know, seniors, retired, if I could mow their lawn, do some yard work. And I started doing that on my own. And then I have an aunt and uncle who have a landscaping business. So I think by 12 or 13, I was working in the summers uh, for them. And they were paying me. I was working, you know, full time during the week mowing lawn, raking leaves, whatever I can. And uh, when I got to 15 and a half, uh, by that time I was in high school, I learned you can get a worker's permit, uh, you know, if you qualified. And so I did, and uh, I was hungry. I was wanting to work because I, I knew at home there wasn't much money to uh, to be had either, either way, you know, even if I asked or tried to do things. So I was uh, right away put me to looking outside. I knew, um, so I guess that, that really put a good work ethic in me. You know, I, I knew that if I worked, I could earn uh, an income. And uh, I didn't really care too much what the work was. I just wanted to uh, put my hands to something. And so that's exactly what I did. I remember applying everywhere, 15 and a half, uh, just hungry to want to get some work done. And when I got um, into college, going to Sac State, as we mentioned, um, I worked so many different jobs, multiple jobs at once. Uh, while still working at school. So I can definitely say the background, you know, as far as growing up where it was very tight. Um, you know, my mom would work several jobs. I saw her, uh, you know, parents divorced were young. So she pretty much raised me through my teenage years. She worked two or three jobs at one time, got sleep wherever she can. And I think that definitely inspired me to want to just put myself into a position where, um, you know, I can just um, uh, have that same level of work ethic. And so that's definitely been a trait through the years where I haven't been afraid of hard work, different times of work, whether they're physical, mental, whatever the case may be. And even the positions that I've held now, I never really had aspirations. I can say early in my career to move into business development, being a consultant, being a manager and engineer, dealing with all the different things that come with that. Um, but I've taken up the opportunities and, and has been significantly blessed beyond what I would have ever imagined um, from a you know business professional financial standpoint, uh, but I think a lot of it goes back to that growing up, um, you know, kind of lacking and wanting to just work hard to overcome that. So that's that's kind of been my background. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that, Juan. Um, you said a few things there. The first thing you said uh, is borrow a cup of sugar and our cup, of and I think about that. You know, we never give it back. I don't know why we call it borrowing. <laughs> we, we, you never we get, get so it back. I, I would get so tired, you know, because just like that point, I think at first as a young kid, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to borrow. And then after you go back four or five, six, seven times, you're like, I got to go again, mom. Because <laughs> you would say, can I borrow? But you know, you ain't ever bringing it back. <laughs> and another thing that you mentioned that really stood out to me, you know, because I interview a lot of people. I, I know a lot of people who grew up in um tough neighborhoods and there's really kind of two paths you can take like you can kind of be like well this is this is my lot in life mm. you know this is who we are as a family we're, we're struggling we work hard and we struggle to just how we're going to live or you can say yeah i think this is the engineering set like original planning seeds like i gotta figure out a way to make some money and right. you sound like you're pretty 
possible. Mowing lines at like age 14, you got your workers permit right as soon as possible. So that says a lot about your character, man. I appreciate you sharing that with me, with us. Of course, so of let's, course. Um, let's fast forward a bit. Let's talk about a time where you became a little, it sounded like you're pretty independent at a young age, actually. But let's talk about a time where you became a little more independent. You Money, uh, money got real to you. You realize, hey, this is a real thing. I've, I've got to... I better figure out how to manage it. It might be those college years, might be before that, might be after that. But let's talk about a time where like reality kind of smacked you in the face. So I would say it was when uh, my wife and I were saving for our wedding. Because to be honest with you, before then, and that was uh, right after our senior year of college. So I met my wife freshman year of college. And, um, uh, you know, she was much more put together than I, I was. I, I, I kind of, well, I had some pride at the time because, of course, being the first in college, experiencing some level of achievement, having a, a multiple jobs, you know, making some money. I, I never budgeted. I never wrote anything down. I never planned for anything. Um, I wasn't a big spender. So I like I had money and coming from a place of having nothing, you know, growing up as a kid to just have something. <laughs> I felt I felt pretty good. I felt accomplished. Didn't think there was anything more. I was I was not around many other more successful people because, again, that's just where I grew up. So when I met my wife, she was organized. She was put together. She had big dreams, big goals that intimidated me and challenged me at the same time. And so when we were saving for our wedding, uh, I wanted to keep it small. You know, I, I, I was very frugal, um, didn't like to spend a lot. I think, again, growing up the way I did, I just kind of had that mindset. And so uh, she wanted to do it big. And that was a point of contention. But in order to really make that work, I realized right away, because the way she was too, very organized, we had to plan it out so my very first budget was for our wedding and i i think i might still have a copy in the garage it was just a line piece of paper i didn't even know about well i took some excel classes in college but i didn't know about using it for personal reasons so i had a line piece of paper uh, i drew a little spreadsheet on all my categories and the budget and the numbers and um man i relied on that thing and i think actually having that because i was so fearful and afraid of the task of uh once we once we knew what we wanted and we put the dollar signs to it it seemed so insurmountable that by writing it down actually gave me a peace of mind having that engineer mindset i said okay it's gonna take this long we got to be this committed i'm gonna have to work two or three jobs and once i had it written down and i figured out i had a plan i remember feeling that peace feeling like okay now my work ethic came in like okay it's just gonna have to bust my butt here but that was when i first like you said reality hit i realized okay i need to budget uh out and I need to work towards a stick to a plan and we achieved it it took two years we had a long engagement worked I think I worked three jobs at one time during those three uh, uh those two years um saved like <laughs> nothing else but it, to have achieved it, I remember writing out the biggest checks I ever wrote at the end of that thing and it felt good it felt good to have the money yeah. it felt good to pay and that um again getting married that whole area that that whole area um definitely uh, taught me quite a bit more where I was more serious and um the rest of it was a learning experience from there of course you get married things change you have to learn how to you know adapt and all that but that that for sure was uh, probably the biggest financial lesson in my life coming up now yeah you you shared something you shared something there that really stood out to me that i really appreciate um is when you said um how it kind of empowered you having a budget like the the peace the word you said is it brought you a sense of peace Mm, that's what yes. I do with all my clients. Like I call it, I don't call it a budget. I don't like that term. I call it a money purpose plan. 
because just like if you purpose your money for that wedding, that's what a budget is. You're just purposing every dollar and every dollar has a purpose. And when you do that, I, it could be a, it could feel restraining at first, but it's so liberating once you realize, oh, wow, I got a clear path. It's so empowering and it brings such a sense of peace when you know you're on the right path. It's like traveling through the woods and if you have a trail <laughs> or a guide, it feels pretty good. But if you're yeah. in the woods, you don't know where you're gonna end up. I'm sure since the stress comes along with that. Definitely. And I felt in the woods for a while, like I said, it was when, when, when my wife and I, uh, I still remember going to our first wedding expo. We went to these expositions and I had no idea the types of vendors and things. Again, I had a small mindset. So when I realized, I mean, they had everything from chariots, horse carriage, uh, you know, doves, all these things that I never saw or maybe saw in a movie, but didn't think it was reality. And then we saw the price tags associated with this stuff. And I remember feeling a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, thinking, how in the world can anybody have money for any of this? Um, <laughs> but it, putting that plan together, uh, that, that definitely helped. And it was a while. I had to transition into it. But as it came along, I definitely uh, remember feeling that sense of peace over time uh, where before I was, I was a wreck. So as an engineer, I know you're always striving for the next level. And I, I know it could be kind of hard to consider yourself successful for anybody because they always want to keep growing. They always see someone who's a little more successful and they have another stage to get to. But one thing I do know is that the Juan Chavez today is a lot more successful than Juan Chavez mm -hmm. 10, 10, 15 years back. So what are some things you go share with Juan Chavez of the past if you had a time machine just to help him stay the path, uh, some financial tips or topics you share with him? And this can't be anything like, hey, go invest in Amazon, it's a winner. <laughs> right. It's gotta be you know, I think back, that's a really good question. You know, if I, if I could have gone back, um, several things I think I would have told myself for sure, uh, you know, is, is to believe in myself more. I, I was growing up the way I did. As I mentioned earlier, I was very frugal, didn't like to take risk. I had been and it was starting to make some money. I, I just remember feeling like I, I never wanted to kind of fall back into that area. So I, um, those early years, I didn't, I wasn't as aggressive as I could have been, you know, and, and I didn't, uh, not, uh, not right away, uh, did I learn how to apply, you know, calculated risk. Uh, and I say risk too, just, just looking for opportunities um, in my career uh, to advance. I was really happy to stay where I was, but because I worked so hard and I was so diligent, that kind of positioned me better to increase. But the other thing too was, um, I, I was uh, very much of an introvert. Didn't ask a lot of questions. I would, I worked the hard way, both when it came to finances and, and kind of just life. I didn't, again, I think some of it was pride. You know, when you grow up that way, I think uh, kind of that pride and maybe some guilt and shame too, because I just wouldn't ask questions. If I wanted to figure something out, I would work the hard way. I'd put an extra time and extra effort to learn out whether, whether it was finances or on the job or whatever, being a husband, you know, all those sorts of things. Uh, over time, of course, uh, reading books and being exposed to new people, getting mentors in my life, uh, realizing that there's a better way. <laughs> you know, there, there's other people with experience, getting someone, uh, some people on my side and then asking questions. Man, that that probably was the biggest turnaround in my life uh, in learning to, you know, to seek knowledge from others. Um, that would be the biggest thing going back as I would you know, tell Juan of the past, hey, uh, get a mentor, get some mentors in your life, get some books, get, you know, get some people early. Don't be so close-minded, be willing to learn. 
because that advanced me so much further uh, to where now I, I look to others, you know, even talking to you, listening to you, Peyton, I know you've uh, shared so much. So just, um, you know, like you're doing with this podcast. So that's probably the biggest thing is I would have pushed myself to ask questions to learn, even in college, you know, going back that whole area, just asking questions, seeking knowledge, building myself up definitely would be the biggest thing I'd, I'd do if I can go back. And I think that just to kind of reiterate, you said it would seek guidance, seek knowledge. And I think I can sum it up by seeking, seeking help from professionals. And I think that's one thing in the minority community in particular is something that we don't do, especially when it comes to finances. You know, mm, right. uh, we, we seek a professional to cut our hair at a moral <laughs> line. We want to seek a professional to manage our money. Right. And, and I feel like that, that kind of disconnect there is from people in my position who haven't bridged that gap and we haven't made ourselves as available to uh, middle-class and lower-class communities. And that's something that we need to change. And that's what this podcast is all about. Like just at least they can hear from stories of others and at least we are easily, they can realize how easy it is to contact a professional like me and what it's like to, it can be intimidating. It can be intimidating for your first meeting with a financial planner to come sit down with him and him and you realize you have all these documents and you know this is going to hurt a little bit because I'm going to see how order I, how out of order I really am. But, mm. you know, it's just like the money purpose plan. It's so freeing in the long run when, it, when you do it. But I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's a great thing. Like going back, if you go back in time, you talk to your younger self and not just about finances, but also seek professionals, seek guidance. Don't be scared to ask for help. And, and again, yeah. that's another minority thing, at least from what my experience, a minority thing and that pride that sticks with us, that we don't want to hump ourselves and ask for professional help. Right, right. I remember, you know, some something about that pride of doing it yourself, no matter even if it's wasteful and you're wasting time, effort, money, energy, that and learning how to work smarter versus always working hard. It doesn't always have to be harder, you know, so that's huge. I agree with you, getting a mentor, getting a professional by, um, yeah, I, I could say so much more on that, but you're absolutely right. So um, you've, you've spoken on mentors a bit. Um, and I know in your position, you've just in Bible study, what you shared with me, you, you've had some great mentors in both the workplace and also spiritual mentors. Do you get opportunity to go back and mentor anybody younger, like maybe from the community? Or is that something that you have uh, aspirations of doing at some point? Yes, actually, I volunteered. So I, um, for Sacramento State, I, um, to share real quick, when, when I uh, applied for college, um, walking the campus of Sac State was, was huge. I went to really small high school, really small schools coming up, uh, felt overwhelmed and lost, but I got recruited into a program, uh, a MESA engineering program, minority engineering program that they had on, on, on the campus there. Um, and they had like a mentorship group that brought me up. So once I graduated, I've stayed in touch even till now. Uh, well, he's now the director of the program. Um, and they've had volunteer opportunities where I've been able to come back and, um, and, and speak to the group or, or mentor a few of the um, engineering students. Uh, I've also just known of other uh, students just through personal relationships that were either interested in engineering uh, going or there were in engineering and so um, you know I've had them come job shadow me I've gone to there some of their classes or uh, college groups at different campuses and just to share my experience to share you know answer questions um, so yeah I, I 
uh, and definitely a major proponent of mentorship. You know, I have a number of mentors in my life. So uh, when I have opportunity now, I definitely look and try to uh, give back and serve. Because as I said, if I can go back and change something, it would have been to, uh, have, um, to have obtained more mentors in my life earlier on. So um, that's one of my passions now is to try to go back and find those younger versions of Juan, uh, knowing how apprehensive I was and knowing how I wasn't reaching out and try to reach out to them to help them to avoid some of the pitfalls I made and the mistakes and to uh, kind of overcome those things early. And it's interesting because as a, as a man, I've been in management the last five plus years, I sit in so many interviews in the years, dozens and dozens and dozens. And I come across a lot of people, you know, really young entry level, so talented. I mean, on paper, talking to them, getting to technical, but a lot of them I often see lack the confidence and don't believe. I see myself in those younger years and, uh, uh, it, it, that really motivates and inspires me even more to do what you just said is look for those opportunities to reach out and help them out because I know if, uh, they can gain that, get mentors in their life. It'll help them to just excel even more. So. No, I think that's really cool. And it's, I, it's admirable and it's so easy to kind of get consumed with our own lives to forget about giving back. And I love the fact that you keep that front of mind and you, you're being you're intentional about it because Things like that that don't come natural, you got to be intentional about helping people. So I really appreciate you doing that, Juan, especially for young guys like you, like yourself. That's awesome. So, um, so Juan, there's a lot going on in the country today, in the world today, with the pandemic and everything that's going on around us. You know, um, a lot of people are in financial stress right now. There's, there's a ton of people are losing their job. Unemployment rates are incredibly high. Um, it's it, it's very easy to, to get a sense of uncertainty and very hard to maintain a sense of certainty. So what are some things that you do to keep that sense of certainty in a otherwise uncertain world? You know, um, without a doubt, I have to say it's my, it's been my faith in God and in, in, the, in his word, you know, the Bible and Jesus when, um, so I'm going to take it back for just a second, my life story to, to relate, because that's really where it comes from is my parents divorced when I was around nine. And, it, you know, life was kind of tough already then because of how we were financially, as I mentioned. So uh, losing kind of the primary breadwinner and my mom having to work all these jobs, it got even tougher. But I thank God that at that time, one of the things we had going for us, my mom was religious about us going to church. You know, I even I didn't like it, but she would make sure we went every week. We, I went to classes as a young kid. And it wasn't fun, you know, but, um, but when I went through that tough time, when our family was really going through a struggle, that became a safe haven. And um, though I didn't really engage a lot as far as being the Bible, just being amongst a group of other people who are seeking God, and that was kind of our common base, uh, I ended up, um, they, they would have these weekend retreats for young teens, preteens, uh, and that really helped minister to my life to the point where I would go back and volunteer to help serve. And you would serve in different capacities. Some of it was just cooking food, cleaning, supporting, praying for others, all that kind of stuff. And so that really trained me in how to give. Uh, that helped me overcome a lot of the mental, emotional uh, challenges at the time, really helped me, you know, me to cope. Um, but what I didn't realize that was happening is I was working a number of principles in the Word of God that I wouldn't learn for many, many years uh, later. Um, but, uh, what I began to realize there's a scripture in math, the book of Matthew chapter six and verse 33, that says 
seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And the, the reason I mentioned all that is uh, from the point I, uh, even before I applied to college and uh, all the f- jobs that I've held just came to me, literally were added. I didn't seek them. Uh, it would take so much more time to tell all the details, but basically I would have people, I never knew them. I don't know how they knew me, but basically say, hey, I got a job for you paying way more than I would have ever imagined gaining all this experience. And that happened several times in my life that I, and I didn't understand it at first. When it was happening, I was a little skeptical, a little leery, but also excited. I took these different opportunities through my career, kept on advancing me um, beyond what I thought I was qualified or even really capable, kind of t- taking on these responsibilities. But as I got into the church where we've been now, like you said, together the last 15 years, teaching the word helped me to understand these principles. I recognized at that time, looking back, that I was working these principles like that Matthew verse, you know, six, six verse 33, where because I was seeking God and I made that a priority in my life, um, that brought all this, if I could say success and really the stability um, to where I learned to become so reliant on him providing for me because I saw it happen. And then I understood what was happening that really through the uncertain times, uh, even financial, uh, you know, economical downturn, I've really always gone back to God and trusted in him. And he has been faithful. He has continued to prosper us. Even my wife and I and our family through down times, uh, we've continued to increase through years and um, he's continued to excel and promote us. So that's, that's certainly where I've gone back to. And it gives me so much peace, kind of like that budget did those years ago. It gave me that peace and that <laughs> comfort, you know, uh, I had something to go to, you know, I had that paper I would go back to. So it's just another if they can say not to try to compare it in the same, but when I go to God's word, you know, this book uh, and see those promises because I've seen them fulfilled. I've seen it work time and time again, over and above, just like I've seen that budget work. We, we accomplished something so great. Our wedding budget was way. I still sometimes look back on it. Now, even what they were making, <laughs> can't believe we spent all that, but I'm thankful we did. We had a good time, but um, so I've definitely, learn to rely on that and uh, continue to go to it. So that's definitely my place of comfort and, and peace and, uh, and yeah, in and, and all things. Yeah. So just to summarize, uh, I love what you said, but just, just having, having that structure that, 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 that um, knowing that you can rely on God, no matter what's going on around you, your faith is rooted. You know, you get the foundation, that's the word. You have that foundation of, of God, no matter when the storms come, you know, your house is built on the word of God and you know, you're, you're going to withstand the storm. So no matter what's going around you, you're focused on that. I can, that brings you peace and that certainty that we're looking for that, you know, I, this is certain no yes. matter, that is certain. So it's very easy when things are going, going on uncertain. It's easy to, to lose, to, to forget where you are and kind of get lost there. But you keep you maintain a sense of certainty by focusing on the promises of God. Is that yes. is that sum it up? Exactly. You know, and, and I'm very you know I'm very much an engineer in the way I think, very uh, analytical. Sometimes over analytical too much, you know. But I'm a linear thinker. You know, one plus one equals two. You know, I love formulas. I remember in school I would love math. I still do. I love love solving these problems. And I remember doing proofs. You know, theories and proofs in, in different math classes. And I remember always loving to solve them and then going back over and verifying and checking them. 
And just, it, it made sense to me. Things would click. And so in my life, when I look at it, when something proves itself, especially over and over again, I just became so confident in it. And when that budget worked for me, you know, I could call it the budget for our wedding and we actually accomplished it. I remember being amazed. I told you writing those checks felt so good. Um, and then um, with God, same thing. Once I didn't understand what was happening in those early years in my life, getting through school and getting so all these jobs, people that I didn't know, just showing up in my life. And then as I learned the word, uh, the word of God, that is, and understood the principles right away, instantly light bulbs were going off because I was looking back at my life and seeing how for 10 years prior, I was putting all these things to work and they worked every time. So then as I understood that I would apply them knowingly, you know, this time and still see them work. And when you see something work so often like that, like those math problems, then it's like, there's, you know, for me, it was uh, absolute at that point. There was no convincing me otherwise that, you know, Hey, this God is real. His word is true. It works. Uh, Cause I learned it by experience. So yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. I love what you're saying. I'm the same way. Like that's why I like math too. It's, one plus one is two. This this is fact. Right. Very God's the same way. So I really appreciate you sharing that, man. I really appreciate your faith. So um, this is the last question of the podcast. We're getting to we're getting close to the end now, and I know financial success means different things to different people, and it means different things to the same people at different times. So what financial success was for you when you were when you were growing up in Fruit Ridge when you were 15 is a lot different than what it was when you graduate Sac State or than what it is today. So when I like to think of financial success, um, I like to think of it more of a, of a lifestyle as opposed to a dollar amount. So to, what does financial success today look like for you, Juan Chavez, 2020? You know, interesting. I uh, just had a birthday recently. My wife and I were kind of talking about success and looking back and what, you know, think this whole topic. And um, well, there's two things I'll say. One is, um, you know, success, I think, is setting a goal and achieving that, you know, whatever that may be, however big or small, just to set a goal and work towards that and to look back and say, man, I, I did it. Or even if you didn't come all the way, but you, you came close, you put some effort, you strategized, you worked. Uh, that's something that I count as success. I know for my physical health, you know, um, you know, I set these goals to exercise so often to eat certain ways and I may not hit it always the same way but i see progress i'm moving forward and so that to me uh, motivates me and that's a, that's a measure of success for myself when i see some level of progress that i'm learning something learning uh, you know i read books i like i like listening to podcasts like this I, I love investing in my my mind my knowledge of being a father being a husband whatever role i play being a manager being a mentor all these things i'm constantly trying to build myself up and so again setting goals to, to read so many books or whatever the case is. So, was, um, so that's number one, setting a goal and working towards achieving it. Definitely success. And really more so on the financial side is, uh, is to be a blessing, to be able to give to others um, that are in need. You know, being able to, as I mentioned, uh, as a young kid, we relied on other people. You know, we had to go and thank God. You know, when I think back, every time we wanted to borrow something, thank God all those people always had something we needed. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. So now um, that's for me, a level of success is to be able to not have enough just for myself. Uh, Cause I used to be that way where I, I only thought about myself. I just wanted to take care of my needs and that's it. But now I've gone beyond that where my desire is to be able to give to my children, my family uh, and to others that are in need. Um, 
you know, by uh, just being supportive and generous, whether it's just being able to tip someone really well for their service or someone you just know that maybe you can invest in and, and give back time, as I mentioned, mentorship, those areas, uh, but definitely in the financial realm where you can help people and you can do good. You can participate in um, larger things that are larger than me, you know, different programs, different ministries and churches that are helping people do certain things, both volunteering time and putting in finances to support, um, you know, those types of projects for me is a, is a major area of success where I want to be able to leave an impact. I want to be able to influence, um, you know, as an engineer, I often say this, you know, I, I look at what, you know, I design projects and build infrastructure and I'm amazed by infrastructure. You've been to ancient Rome and I see the columns Colosseum. But one thing I know is even if structures last thousands of years, they, they only have uh, what we call in engineering, you know, uh, a useful life. They, they only things that they're built to only last so long. Nothing is built to last forever as far as being useful, you know, uh, roads, bridges might last, you know, 40, 50 years, a hundred years, but at some point they need to be reconstructed or upgraded or changed. Um, but when you can help and uh, build someone else's life, help someone else uh, achieve a dream or a goal or successful to me, that's a everlasting thing to build. You know, that's something that I know motivates me because, you know, as proud as I am being an engineer and the stuff we build, it, it's all going to crumble one day or, or become a ruin like the uh, Colosseum where people will just admire and appreciate, but won't really use it. But to be able to pass on knowledge and wisdom and to guide someone to invest someone, I feel like that's the thing, that's the kind of the gift that will always continue to give. So being able to look at others and help not just yourself, but others along the way, if you're able to, uh, probably the biz biggest level of success that uh, I measure for myself and would encourage others to do. Hey, I appreciate that, man. That That's awesome. I, you, so just to kind of summarize, success is two things. First of all, having goals and being able to accomplish them. So goal setting and accomplishing goals, that's that's success. Then more on, more on a financial realm is being being able to give back, being able to give back to those who, who are in a lesser position than you, being able to give back financially. In my eyes, you are financially successful because I know personally you set your goals each year. And I, and I know you accomplished quite a bit because we discussed them together. And secondly, you give back already. You already do, you already do a great job of giving back both financially, but also what you shared in this podcast, you give back uh, something that's more, that's more, that might seem less than money, but it's a lot more. What you go go back and do at Sac State by inspiring those young Juan Chavez's to, <laughs> to get set on the right path and hopefully be where you are one day. That's awesome, man. So you did a great job, Juan, uh, and you're definitely a financial success. I appreciate that. I thank God for that. And I uh, thank you for, uh, uh, the opportunity to share here, you know, just another opportunity to do just what I was sharing, uh, what I was saying right now. So uh, uh, I'm excited to be a part of this and what you're doing here and looking uh, forward to this, hopefully being a help to many people who hear it. Thanks again, Juan, for being on. You guys have a great day and a blessed week. Take care. Congratulations, guys. You've officially made it to the disclosure portion of the show. I'm an investment advisor representative of securities offered through Bertha Fisher & Company. Financial Services, Inc. BFCFS member FINRA-SIPC. Holmes Financial is independent of BFCFS. Thanks and have a blessed week.